Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in the future episode, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out to me directly at tyler at achievable.me with your suggestions. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Kaylee Osana from KO Tutoring on the show. Kaylee, if you could just give a little bit about your background and your firm, that would be great. Hi, yes, thank you for having me. My name is Kaylee Osana. I am the owner of KO Tutoring. We are located in Hagerstown, Maryland, but operate fully online. My passion for helping people receive all they can through the financial aid process stems from my own background, Mm -hmm. growing up in Appalachia and learning how empowering the opportunity to further your education is. Great. And today we're going to be talking about the college admissions process, specifically about, you know, trying to get those costs under control. I mean, college has gotten, I I felt like college was hilariously expensive when I went to college and it's been 10 years and it has gone up 3% a year every year, like clockwork, almost kind of without rhyme or reason. Yes, it is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotten so expensive now. So I'd love to, the, the, the key piece here is um, the financial aid component, right? I think most of our listeners, you know, there's a lot of resources out there about the general college application process and timelines, but how does that change when you're applying for financial aid as well? Yes. So a little bit of background of me, I actually use the Army ROTC scholarship to go to college, graduated mm-hmm. with no debt, a job, which um, like you, we were in the middle of a recession and it was not a good time to graduate from college. So having a job ready for me, plus the stipends that I had while I was in school was very beneficial. So I'm a huge, um, mm-hmm. I'm very proactive in helping people fund college. Great. Yeah. So then tell me about just like the, if we're talking applying with financial aid, what do you feel like are kind of the key things to think about, right? So there's ROTC, there's federal aid, right, mm-hmm. called FAFSA, um, and then there's merit-based aid, which is college by college. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that roughly accurate? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, so you have grants, work study, um, loans, and then scholarships is kind of our big categories. Um, and before we dive into this, I think it's important to uh, fix some misconceptions. You know, a lot of people yeah. come into the um, college application world, and especially if you haven't done it in a couple of years, it is very different than even what we did 10 years ago. Um, so, one of those that I think is a common misconception is that everyone's paying the same amount. And that is mm. not true. I think you would probably be hard pressed to find two people in a freshman class who are paying the same amount for school. And really? Yes. And there's so many different things that go into it. Um, one is you can have different amounts of credits. So you have the SAT and ACT, which can help you place out of especially like freshman classes that are supposed to be preparatory. Mm-hmm. Um, you have CLEP, you have dual enrollment, AP. What is CLEP? Sorry. Yeah. Um, So CLEP is what you can use essentially study for a course and then take a Mm -hmm. test showing that you have, you have the knowledge for the test. So yes, it's a, it's a wonderful exam. I used it to get out of um, two of my Englishes studied, took the test and didn't, and got the credits for it. 
Fantastic. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no problem. Um, So dual enrollment, AP and IB, um, can reduce how many total credits you have to take in order to graduate. Um, Mm -hmm. Every college counts these differently and will accept a different amount of credits from different things. Um, You know, CLEP, you can usually only do two or three classes at a CLEP because they don't want you just studying self and self-studying and getting your way through college. You need to actually show Mm -hmm. up and be a part of the college. Um, most, right. yeah. Now go ahead. Sorry. So most money that you are going to get is actually going to be in form of merit. And what's going to help you is our standardized tests. Um, right now, I believe the, it is 70% of students who are applying to four year universities have a 4.0 or higher. So you can wow. use the test to stand out and to really show mm-hmm. that you know what you're doing. Another misconception here is that you need high scores to get those merits. There are Mm. tons of colleges out there that will give you merit for even mediocre or low scores. Um, West Mm. Virginia University is one of my favorites because I'm here in Western Maryland. You can get merit scholarship money for having a 16 on the ACT or an 880 on the SAT, as long as you have a GPA. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, those scores are definitely like approachable. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to be maxing out the SAT or ACT in order to get money to help you go to school. Right. So then it's good to know that that's like an important part of the process and you should be incorporating that in your plans. But let's talk like timeline when it comes to not just you know, taking these tests, but also like, you know, do you need to apply earlier if you're applying for financial aid or are there deadlines in addition to your normal application deadlines you need to worry about? Yes. So I like to use the analogy when I'm talking to parents of how do you shop at the grocery store? Some of us can, you know, show up, buy whatever, make whatever, and we go on about our lives. Some of us really like to plan in order to maximize food waste or what we're spending. So you have to have a plan before you go to the grocery store in order to save money. Same thing with colleges. We need to make a plan before we fill out that FAFSA or we apply to college so that we know we can, so that we can make the best decisions. Right. And also um, the other part of it too, is so that you make sure that you're applying to schools that you could afford if you got in. Yes. So that's actually the number. The first thing I have people do is to run either the net price calculator, which you can find on most college websites, or mm-hmm. to go and look at what um, do a FAFSA estimator and see what the government is going to give you. There is a mm-hmm. huge misconception about what the FAFSA is and what your EFC is, which is the estimated family contribution. The government mm-hmm. actually determines how much money they think that you can pay towards college. It is almost always higher than you think it should be. And that is the reason that's one of the first thing, one of the first things I have students, one of the first things I have parents do as well. When you say higher, do you mean that the award is higher or do you mean that they, their expectations of how much money you're going to put in is higher? The government's expectation of how much money you're going to put in is higher. Right. That makes sense. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to err on the side of, you know, giving people less aid just because they've got a lot of people that, that need aid probably. Absolutely. Yeah. So then with the net price calculator, what are, what are the things like, how do you make sure you're putting the right values in there? And how do you make sure that you're not fooling yourself 
when you're when you see oh okay twenty five thousand a year I you know I we we have twenty five k in the bank we could do that right well like you could the first year so how do you how do you kind of help guide families through that process? Yes, so each net price calculator is going to be a little bit different on each um, college website because they're run by the colleges. So some colleges offer room and board, some colleges don't. So the colleges that Mm -hmm. don't, you need to also think about food, you need to think about lodging and what that's going to be for your students. Um, There's usually instructions on that particular school's one. And because it's so specific, I don't want to give any general advice, just to follow that your school's information that they have there. Yeah. And then would you, would you add like a buffer basically? Um, Cause that's what I do. Like, you know, the joke when you're remodeling a house is that you should expect it'll cost 50% more than whatever the contractor quotes you. Right. So is there something like that for college? I don't have a certain percentage, but absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of hidden costs in colleges. Um, one thing you can do from the straight college side is go and ask the bursar office about all the fees that are included. So people Mm -hmm. who go into STEM, there are laboratory fees. You have to pay for textbooks. Um, Other majors have different kinds of fees as well. Um, A good way to take a measure of this is actually to join the parents Facebook group or parents group of that particular college and have conversations Mm -hmm. with them. Some areas have, you know, are in high cost of living areas and just generally ordering out getting food is going to be more expensive than if you're going to a rural school yeah yeah exactly i mean i live in san francisco bay area and my favorite part about going anywhere else is that you can get a cocktail for less than 14 dollars absolutely (laughs) presumably presumably your child is not going to be ordering cocktails or you the you the student are not going to be ordering cocktails right away but it affects everything, right? It's the difference between lunch being, you know, $7 and $12. Absolutely. And even on a bigger scale of, is your school drivable? Is your school walkable? Um, things like that, that come into play on each specific course or each specific college. Right. Yeah. I still think it's ridiculous that you have to pay for parking at a university that you already pay, but that's, it can be expensive, right? And if you're living if it's a place that doesn't have campus housing or if you're opting to live off campus and you, and you drive to school, that's, you know, $300 a month is no joke. Right. Um, so that's, <laughs> there's all these little costs and you have to actually kind of dig in. Absolutely. Um, speaking of living off campus, sometimes that can actually be cheaper or more beneficial. Um, some students with medical issues such as um, gluten allergies, celiac, other issues like that it's better for them to live off campus and to get their own food than trying to live on campus, find accommodations that work for them and eating at a generalized cafeteria. Right. Got it. So then um, once you kind of have, you know, I, I know that the timelines are a little different, but do you have any general advice on, on just like key things that you need to be paying attention to key deadlines, regardless of what the deadline is for each school that you want to make sure you're on top of. Absolutely. So let's actually back up a little bit to some more general advice. Um, Yeah. So one thing you can also do to reduce your cost of college is going to community college first. There are many Mm. states here in the U.S. who now offer free community college for their students. So you can go and get your first two years knocked out, be comfortable living at home, be comfortable with your 
your group that you're working with, and then go to a four-year school. It'll also give a lot of students kind of a buffer time to figure out what they actually want to do. Right, got it. Um, another thing is to look for state-specific programs. So things like the Bright Futures Scholarship in Florida, the Hope Scholarship in Tennessee, or the Zell Miller in Georgia, which provide mm -hmm. full rides or near full rides for their students if you get certain requirements met. In Texas, it's a class rate, and it's different for each university in Texas. Got it. Yeah, and then um, any like I think then to kind of go back to the timeline, like what are what are the key deadlines that you should be thinking of in a given year? Yes. So if you once again back to our analogy about grocery shopping, you need to start early. So I highly encourage parents to start either the summer before their junior year or the beginning of their junior year. And what you want to be doing is starting to scope out scholarships and their requirements. Some of these scholarships just have essays. Some of them require, you know, 100 hours of community service. If it's 100 hours of community service and you find out about the scholarship the week before it's due, you're probably not going to be able to get the requirements. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also like the um <laughs> The the key too is is probably to figure this out before the summer mm -hmm. of that junior year because that the summer is your best opportunity to you know either like get these essays done and out of the way so that they don't interfere with your schoolwork or to you know do that community service. Absolutely, the junior year is one of the most stressful times for um, teenagers, and you don't want to be piling on any more than you have to. Yeah, or at the very least, you can just get out of the way early. Mm -hmm. So then how does this tie into award letters? Mm -hmm. So let's start back at the um, beginning of the junior year or the summer before where we're sure. looking, we're searching out scholarships. One of the things you should know is that you're going to get more money from merit than you are scholarships. There are some of those rare okay. scholarships out there that are going to be very helpful for you, but where you're going to make the most money is those merit scholarships. So begin looking at those. Um, you also need to find out what you can pay for schools, like we talked about earlier, and then pick schools in that range. There are so mm -hmm. many heartaches when the decision letters come out and families realize that they cannot pay for the kid's dream school. So just don't right. get in that situation. Pick a dream school within your budget. Um, as you're looking for schools, we have um, a couple of different types of financial aid schools here in the U.S. or classification of financial aid schools here in the U.S. Some are right. um, needs need, some are needs blind, um, and then the others. What we're going to focus on is those needs need schools. So okay. you can find these through the common data set section H, and you can just Google common data set of X college and it'll come up. Look through section mm -hmm. H and that'll show you what the average award is given for each type of student. Okay. And what are you looking for? Like, are you looking for it to be above a certain percentage, like 45% of students got some financial aid, or are you looking for a smaller number with a higher value? Does that relate to whether that school is like, uh, you know, target versus a safety, like that kind of thing? Absolutely. So in our discussion mm -hmm. of reaches, targets, and safeties, we mm -hmm. also need to include the financial aid in that, you know, going back to, we don't want any heartache when those decision letters come out. We want to just be able to say, yes, any of these schools you've got accepted to, you get to pick. That's every parent's dream. 
Um, yeah. So what we can do is when we're looking through that section H is it gives percentages of how many students get awards and it also gives the award amount. So you can mm -hmm. use that to kind of get a sense of how much money that they are going to get. Um, mm -hmm. It is more accurate to use the net price calculator, but this is a way of kind of double checking of if this school gives a lot of money or if they're a little more stingy with their money. Well, right. And also if you in the net calculator, it's like they're going to give you $15,000 off per year, but then their average award is actually eight, you know, maybe you should plan for 10, right? Like you should, you should kind of hedge your bets a little net, bit. Hedge your bets a little bit and, and make sure you're doing that before you start applying to places, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, so as we're moving through our timeline, of course, we need to talk about comparing living costs on or off campus, which we discussed earlier. Um, I also think it's very helpful to go ahead and make a calendar. And this is going to be helpful when you're doing college applications anyways. So you're really just adding the financial aid layer to that calendar you should already have. Um, put your important dates. One of the biggest ones for financial aid is that the FAFSA opens on October 1st. Now, most people do not need to do the FAFSA the day it opens. And historically, it crashes for the first three or four days because everyone's in there trying to do it as soon as possible. So I usually right. recommend, you know, waiting a couple of days. However, there are specific states that give out their financial aid award on first come, first serve basis. So if okay. you're in Alaska, Illinois, Kentucky, either of the Carolinas, Vermont, mm -hmm. North Dakota, or Utah, you need to be filling out the FAFSA in October, preferably the mm -hmm. first half of October, so that you are getting the max amount from your state. Got it. Okay, that's a good note. Um, and then after you're looking at FAFSA, what comes next? Yes. So we do the FAFSA, you get your EFC which is your expected family contribution. Be prepared mm -hmm. for it to be higher than you expect, which is okay. Now you're going to start talking to the schools. Um, as we're moving through our calendar, I highly, highly recommend to set ideally one day a week or at least mm -hmm. two days out of the month to sit down and go through scholarships and scholarship opportunities. It is much easier to do two or three scholarships in one go than it is to sit down and try to do 20 of them at a time. Right. And also, you should definitely, everything that you do in the entire college admissions process, but especially when you're filling out scholarship applications, copy-paste that to a document so you have it for later, and you can hopefully save yourself some time with some repeat questions or similar questions. Absolutely. Write a good personal statement that you have on file that you, you know, if you find the perfect scholarship and it's three days before, you have that ready to send. Other good mm -hmm. documents to have on hand is a few official copies of your student's transcript, some non-specific letters of recommendation. Um, you can ask for these specifically, um, try to get one teacher, and then your guidance counselor will have kind of a template for that already. So that you can, if you get that perfect scholarship three days before the deadline, you can go ahead and submit that. Yeah, get that all done ahead of time. Are there any, I mean, this might be a little bit of a side tangent, but are there, are there any things with regards to asking for letters of recommendation specifically for financial aid? Are there any things that you would maybe make sure that the, that your professor or whoever is including, or I guess it'd be teacher, not professor, but yeah, whoever's writing the letter. Mm -hmm. One of the things you can kind of do to maximize your ability to get these recommendations first mm -hmm. is to ask early, start asking 
um, end of junior year over the summer mm -hmm. and beginning of senior year. As we get closer to the January timeline when most college applications are due, teachers are very, very swamped and counselors are swamped and they may not have time to write you a good letter of recommendation. Mm -hmm. These letter of recommendations need to be very strong. They need to talk about you as a student, preferably with either growth or with specific interest into that program. And it needs to be a teacher who knows you pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that hopefully is relevant to kind of what you want to do or things like that. Absolutely. If you want to go into STEM, try to get your physics or your chemistry or biology teacher. If you want to go into journalism or writing, talk to your English teacher because they're going to be able to say specific things for your field that are going to help mm -hmm. um, both the um, admissions people as well as the financial aid people really understand who you are. Great. Yeah, so then after that, what comes next? Are we are we at award letters? We are at award letters now. So when you get the award letters, unfortunately, there is not a standard format for the award letters. Actually, there mm. is um, congressional movement on this to standardize the award letters because they can be so misleading. I mm. like to believe the best in people. I don't think the schools intentionally mislead, but you do need to know what you're looking for. So pay attention to what's actually in that award letter the free money versus the loans. A lot of mm. colleges will put the loans as part of your financial package. Most of us do not consider loans part of our financial gift from the college. Right. Yeah. That's, you're not saving that money. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to have to pay it back. Um, one way to maximize your loans is to do the federal loans first. What is important to know to note about parents, though, is that students who are dependent can only take $5,500 out in student loans themselves. If they are independent, mm. they can take $9,500 out themselves. So you will mm. most likely, as a parent, be on the hook for some of those loans. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then talk to me. You said you want to start with federal. So talk to me about sort of the, the priority progression of these loans and and how you want to kind of how let's say you you've got your fafsa you've got your you've got your merit aid and then you have your scholarships like how do you kind of prioritize all of those and stack them mm -hmm. so one of the first things you need to look at is the merit scholarships sometimes they come with stipulations such as you have to have x gpa and mm -hmm. those gpas may change um, a very common one is a 3-0 your freshman year a 3-5 your sophomore year, a 3-7 your junior year, and then a 4-0 your senior year. Sometimes that pressure is a lot for a kid. So please consider the requirements of maintaining a merit scholarship. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, do you feel like it's fair to say, okay, I mean, it, like a 4-0 in your senior year is can be pretty hard, right? Arguably, those are the hardest classes. Like, do you feel like, there will be people going into these merit scholarships that are like, well, you know, as many years as we can get will be good. We may not get all four. Absolutely. If that's in your financial plan, that is perfectly fine. And if you mm -hmm. have that kind of stipulation attached to your merit scholarships, I would plan for paying at least three of those years. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of students really struggle because it's such a high, it's such a different level of work their freshman year. Right. There's a lot of adjustments happening. 
you know, a lot of 18, 19 year olds living on their own for the first time kind of struggle with their first year of school. Right. Got it. Um, and then uh, more thoughts or any other thoughts on, you know, stacking different types of aid. Yes. So some things you can do once you have that award letter is first you want to ask the school if private scholarships will affect the award from the school. Some schools will take private scholarships and deduct that amount from their award so that your award doesn't change even though it's a private scholarship. So that's right. very important to know if your school is part of that. Um, another piece is to follow up with the award letters and financial aid. There's a lot of fine print. Make sure that you mm -hmm. are hitting all the deadlines, you're submitting all the documents and that you're not losing any of those scholarships or merit aid. Right. Another Got thing it. is you can ask to be reevaluated if your circumstances change. So, you know, unfortunate things happen every day. Um, if there's a job loss, if there's a change in where you live, you can re go to the schools and ask for a reevaluation of your circumstances. Another thing is that some schools will match offers from other schools. So this is where you can have the schools compete against each other, present your award letter from another school and ask if they will match it. Right. Yeah. And that's also one of the, this is something that was on another episode, but I'll throw the tip in here because I thought it was good. Um, it's why you should avoid early decision if you're applying for financial aid, because if they don't give you the aid that you want and you're logged into a decision, that's bad. But then also you miss this opportunity to have these schools compete with each other. Absolutely. Yes, that is that's a wonderful tip. Yeah, great. And then any other thoughts on, on minimizing your student loans and just, you know, the whole topic of getting financial aid when you're applying to college? Yes. One of the things is that if you are going to take loans, try to pay a little bit of that while you're in college, even if it's just $50 a month that will add up over the four years and your total amount you're going to have to pay later will be less. Um, watch mm -hmm. out for subsidized versus unsubsidized loans. Those are separate. Um, okay. And you really need to consider what your profession is going to be before taking on the student loans, right? We right. don't want to be in $200,000 worth of student loan debt if your job coming out of college is only $30,000 a year. That's a right. huge gap. Yeah, exactly. And you'll never kind of make a dent in it, which is not good. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of scholarships out there. And that's what I want people to really understand is there's so many ways to pay for college. You don't have to be trapped by student loans. Um, some of these are the ROTC, which I talked about earlier, which requires military service on the backside. There's also the public student loan forgiveness, which mm -hmm. operates differently. There's a lot of stipulations you can find on any government website. There are state-specific scholarships out there. Um, one of the common ones is teaching. So they'll pay for mm. you to get a teaching degree if you serve four years afterwards teaching in the low-income areas. A lot of jobs offer scholarships for either the kids who are employed or the parents for the kids. Um, Chick-fil-A is a popular one. I believe Starbucks is doing it now. Um, mm. Most. Yeah, that might be that might be through this company called uh, or one company that's trying to do this more as a corporate benefit is uh, called Guild Education. Um, they're trying to like they're trying to make it so that, you know, if you work at Chipotle, Chipotle will help you pay for college. That's really awesome. I'm, I'm really glad yeah. to hear about that. Um, and the last thing is always to check your local scholarships, um, local philanthropy groups, your mm -hmm. city, your county, your state or even your region may offer money for you. 
Great. Is there a, a search engine or two you recommend for this, like, or a website, or is it just you guys got Google Foo, figure it out? So um, there's quite a few federal websites. So the FAFSA is a federal website. Um, they also have a counterpart for financial aid. College Board has a lot of great resources. So does ACT. And um, there's one that I like to use. It's called Road to College, but they really have mm. everything laid out very nicely for parents to take them through each step. Fantastic. Great. Well, thanks so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Kaylee Osana from KO Tutoring. You can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by visiting achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off.